0: You're listening to Leading Up with Udemy. This podcast is your guide to developing your skills as an emerging or seasoned leader. I'm Alan Todd, your host and the Vice President of Leadership Development at Udemy. Together, we can work, lead, and live differently to create a better world. This week, I'm speaking with Jennifer Barnes about developing early career talent and unlocking potential. I think this conversation will be great for people that are in management positions, early career people, people that want to know what it takes to attract and develop and retain the best people in their company.
1: I don't know that I, th- I really thought enough about culture when I started my career. Now it's at the top of my list.
0: Jennifer is the global learning and development leader at the chemical and specialty materials company Celanese, and she's led learning and development efforts her whole career across industries from telecom to healthcare. Known as a leader who rolls up her sleeves to help others, Jennifer's been called a mentor, coach, and role model all in one. Jennifer, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Alan. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, great. So last time we spoke, You mentioned the summer internship program you just wrapped up, and now it's back to school time, so I'd like to start there. I think a lot of conversations around early career talent start with entry-level employment rather than thinking of internships as part of the whole talent management process. How do internships fit, and why are they important to you and Selene's?
1: They're really important because I feel like they give an introduction into corporate America, into different businesses, different roles. It's almost like you get to try before you buy. And that's not only for uh, us as a company, but for the early career uh, employees or interns as well. So it really is a great learning and development experience for both parties. I like to look at it as kind of an extended, one of probably the longest interviews uh, that you'll ever be on, where they're looking at us and, and coming in and getting the full experience, and we're doing the same with them. We typically do them every summer, I think about six to eight 12 weeks, where interns can come and uh, be a part of the work that we're doing at Selenese, both at our sites where we have manufacturing plants, but also at our corporate headquarters here in Dallas, Texas, and across the United States.
0: And how about the mix of in-person versus virtual, and if in-person, the importance of getting together face-to-face at that age, I suppose.
1: Sure. So we offer a hybrid program. We think it's really important that interns get to experience both. So to be able to come in, maybe some of them have not been in a corporate environment before, an office building and such, haven't run in-person meetings or in-person presentations and those types of things. So they're going to get that skill set and they're going to understand what that's like. But then also you're going to be able to to get the experience of working remotely and what that feels like and how we do that here at Selenis as well.
0: So my wife and I debate this a lot. I have four 20 something kids and I'm curious what you think about at that age, do you think they need to be in person at some point just to meet people and see what work looks like? What do you think?
1: (laughs) Yes. Absolutely. And I know I did when I was uh, starting my early career. I had been in school for quite some time, uh, getting my undergraduate and graduate degrees, and I did not know the kind of the culture of corporate America and what it was like to be in an office setting and some of those nuances and etiquette and things of that nature. Those are the things that they don't teach you in school. I never had a class that said, this is what you're going to do and this is how you should do it when you go to a a corporate office. Uh, And I really wish I had, because those are the things that I had to just kind of learn by experience and learn by doing when I entered the workforce.
0: All right, so this gang that you spent the summer with, your summer interns, what about your time with them gives you hope about the future?
1: I love interns. I love interns and new hires. They have such a hunger and curiosity about what's going on and how we do things. They come at it from a really kind of e- eagerness that I love. And I think also just the inquisitiveness, this, the hungry for things, doing new things, their open mindedness, their kind of growth mindset is very, comes very natural to them. There's no reservations, really. They'll ask anything. They'll try anything. And I wish that uh, all of us could kind of keep that skill set for our entire careers. So interns are a really great way of getting fresh perspectives, getting them involved early on things, asking their opinions. I love that I can use them as testers for things. I get them to test out uh, not only technical things, but curriculum and content for learning and development opportunities. And uh, I'm always just pleasantly, you know, pleased or surprised at what they, the feedback that they provide to me through those opportunities.
0: So there is hope for the future.
1: (laughs) I think so. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Look, I realize
0: (laughs) you read stuff that says that they're totally addicted to their phones and devices and social media and anxiety about worrying about uh, comparing themselves to others.
1: And we do find, you know, uh, most of the time, very technically advanced. Yes, but I, we also saw that they were coming in and teaching us. So not only were they learning from us, but we were learning from them. New ways of doing things. I think, uh, you know, certain areas where I feel like I might be becoming a dinosaur. They were happy to coach me. Definitely, I, I find that it's, it's a win-win situation when we have intern
0: programs come in. That whole program, how is that different from entry-level hires? So once you hire people, do you do the same thing or something different?
1: When we hire people, we're onboarding them. They have an onboarding journey. We're doing some of the things that we have in the internship program. But the internship program is really, it's a development opportunity. And so we treat it as such. And we intentionally build internship programs and continue to enhance them year after year around That goal in mind. So they are um, afforded a lot of great opportunities when they come on board, not only to be on a team, work in a team environment, you know, uh, do the work that an employee would be doing but we also have lots of networking opportunities. We're very big on volunteering. They get to work on projects, big projects here, and get to present at the end. So we we really do try to be intentional about what we're providing them throughout the internship program.
0: Yeah. So let's go deeper. I love the hopes and dreams, the Generation Z. I read research that says that this, this generation is more diverse more technical, more entrepreneurial, more likely to say they want to start a job, more socially conscious than all the other generations that are in the workplace. What are you doing to flex to the needs of this new generation?
1: I think it's it's exactly what you described. That we have to be flexible. Um, they are coming in wanting, and I would even say expecting different things than maybe when I was entering the workforce. Um, So what we found through the last couple of internship programs is they're very curious about sustainability. They have questions coming in first day on uh, what does that look like here? What are you doing around sustainability? They're also looking at, you know, they ask about benefits, but it's not benefits in the form of medical, vision, dental. It's what's your wellness plan? We get more questions about mental health, wellness programs, things of that nature, and they're very curious and interested in that. They're also interested in mobility. What does internal career mobility look like here? What am I going to get the opportunity to do? Do you have rotational programs? Do you have places where I can experience different things um, along the way? Lots of very intentional questions being asked by interns about those topics, which is great because we've been able to you know, address those and, and show where Selenies can help them with their career uh, goals and development.
0: What do you do? What do you provide to help them develop
1: so there's lots of things that are available to them through learning and development here at Selenies. So whether it's a self-assessments, specific learning and development programs, things that they can do kind of self-paced and are optional and they can elect you know, to, to try, we offer all of those things. So for the interns, when they come in, we do have learning webinar series that they go through where they're learning about different parts of our business. We give them access to Udemy. Nice. Yes. And we have curated learning paths within Udemy that they can take that help them with leadership skills, also help with project management, things of that nature. We had lots of, we had several interns, this last intern program that said, how can I now continue with Udemy? Where do I go to purchase it? Where do I go to have it on my own? So we try to to get those best practices, and good habits built early. And we find that interns really grab onto those types of of opportunities.
0: So they're not just saying they want career development or their own development. They're actually putting forth the effort.
1: They are. I had interns that were actually building their own learning paths. (laughs) For other employees, you know, they were looking around, they were like, oh, my team really needs this. So I'm going to build a learning path for them and make sure that they know about it. We had a project around artificial intelligence, AI, and how Selenies might use that. And they were using Udemy as a source to find out information and to build their presentations.
0: Beautiful. That's beautiful. Yes. So what are they prioritizing or how do they think about not just interns, but any of your kind of Gen Z people? How do they choose a place to work? they research
1: and they're out there looking at what what's out there in social media. I mean, I had an intern that said, "You know, Selenis is on TikTok." Like I looked on TikTok for for what people were saying. So I think they use, obviously they're very well connected through social media and they're using all of those avenues to look and to see what people are saying. I think they're asking really great questions as well in the interview process. And even as they come on, they using the internship program to really see if it's something where they want to be. I think also they they want to know that their core values match the companies. I get a lot of questions about what do you stand for? What are you doing? What's the higher purpose? What's your mission? How do you do it? A lot of those questions, which I think are fabulous.
0: Yeah, that's great. Well, that all fits nicely with your comment that they're hungry and curious and open-minded and both mindset minded. So it's cool to see. Buzz around Gen AI isn't going anywhere. Leaders and managers are key to identifying how their companies can use the technology and creating a plan to grow their employees' skills. Learn how Udemy can help at business.udemy.com/genai now. All right, so. If you're a team leader today or a new leader, what would you advise someone that leads a team of people that are Gen Z? Let's say you're a new leader and that's that's your team. Anything unique there?
1: I think it's a lot about connection. I, I know that we're on our devices a lot and such, but it's really about human connection. And so through the onboarding process or through working on a team, we encourage our people leaders to constantly be making Meaningful, impactful connections, knowing the person, knowing their strengths, knowing their areas of opportunity and being able to have performance conversations, you know, with them, be able to have career conversations, opening those lines of communication. And uh, we encourage people, leaders to also educate yourself on the new generations that are coming into the workforce, needs, wants, have an open mind. And one of the interns presentation, she suggested that we do some reverse mentoring where people come on and and the intern or the the younger generation is also teaching and mentoring someone that is in a different part of their career journey towards the latter stages, which I thought was a fabulous idea.
0: Yeah. It sounds like you benefited from that.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yes. That's a great thing about the internship programs. We get great ideas, great creativity, things that, you know, many of us maybe had not thought of before.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned onboarding and talent management researcher Josh Burson has studied this and he found that employees who receive poor onboarding are 69% more likely to quit within a year. And Gallup studies this same thing, onboarding, and they found that only 12% of employees felt that their organization had a good onboarding process. So you spend a bunch of time thinking about this. Why do you think companies are doing onboarding so poorly?
1: Yeah well, I think there's lots of reasons. I think lots of times we're strapped for time and resources and bandwidth and such. Hiring managers, you know, you want to get somebody on and you want to get them going quick because you've probably been without somebody or needed somebody an extra set of hands, you know, for a while. And it's a lot of, oh, well, they'll figure it out along the way. And so I think lots of times too, we're being asked to do more with less continuously but i absolutely believe that onboarding is mission critical to engagement retention to you know everything that that person subscribes to i would say absolutely we have to be able to make the connection at the beginning get them in make them feel comfortable make them feel welcome onboarding is not a nice to have it's a must have and when we don't fulfill that for an employee they'll leave
0: they'll go to find it someplace else So is it a day? Is it a week? What's onboarding? A month? Forever?
1: No, (laughs) I, some days I feel like it's forever with the, with the way things change, (laughs) but onboarding for us is about a year long journey of getting in and and doing the, you know, the necessities of of the stuff. That's not all that fun, direct deposit, I-9 verification, all that great stuff, but it is definitely more than that. And it's making you a champion of Selenese, an ambassador of Selenese, understanding the business, making sure you have a global mindset. Um, and that you're able to lead globally, developing you for your next step. If you come in as a new people manager, making sure you ha- you know how to lead in the Selenies way. So there's lots of different pieces and parts that are constantly being looked at, refined, enhanced. To me, it's always a, a WIP. It's always a work in progress onboarding, constantly maintaining and constantly trying to enhance it.
0: But connecting, it sounds like prioritizing, connecting them to the mission, vision, purpose is a really big part of it. What about culture? Like, how do you connect them to the Selenese culture?
1: Yes, culture is huge. And I would encourage everybody to ask questions about culture and interview processes and, and think those things through, make sure that it's a good fit. For you, but here at Selenese, we have the standards. We have the, you know, here's what we're trying to do. Here's guiding values. Here's those types of things. But we also have a huge culture initiative that's going on right now where we are assessing cultures. We had just had an acquisition um, that took place last year. So we have different company cultures coming together. We're trying to figure out what does one Selenese look like and how do we continue to promote that culture so that we can achieve our, our goals in the future? So we're doing assessments, we're um, getting feedback, focus groups, we're looking at what are the things that we need to focus on the next two years. So really looking at how we do that and then how are we developing people in those areas so that we can continue this culture work going forward.
0: All right. So people should be choosy about the environment that they're going to walk into and make sure it's in tune with their core values, their career direction. And I think that's good advice. And I think a lot of people just take the job when they get offered it because they're competing for a job and they, they do the interviews and they get offered and they're flattered by that. So they say yes, without actually giving all the thinking to what you just said. So would it be do, should somebody say no when they, you know, they get that job offer? You know, it's more money, but it's not quite the right long-term fit or the right culture or something. What do they do?
1: I think you have to weigh the pros and cons. Maybe this isn't your final destination, and so you're in that, you know, part of your career journey where you know that there'll be another opportunity down the way. You have to decide what is right for you. In this stage of my career. I'm, you know, I'm looking for a, for a home and and a place where I really can bring my best self to work and feel engaged and encouraged and empowered. And for me personally, I would give up a little in the salary department or a little other things in order to to have that So I think you have to just know yourself, how you feel about those things. And I would say, too, lots of times in the past, it's been that you get a job and you stay with the job forever. It's not like that anymore. So if you try it, you know, you're not happy or you want something else, there's other opportunities out there. And that's the importance, too, of networking and building relationships and having those connections to get you where you want to go.
0: So networking, building relationships, making sure that the culture fits all of those things aligned to helping us achieve our highest potential? And I wanna talk about potential because I think we we throw those words around. This person has great potential, or we say all the time, they're high potential and all this kind of thing. And but I know it's a topic you have a lot of passion for. So let me start with how do we achieve our highest potential? Mm. I think there's
1: lots of ways to achieve your highest potential. I think being open to it, growth mindset, knowing your your strengths areas of opportunity being resourceful i also say make yourself irreplaceable or irresistible get in and and find those things that you really excel at so that when people are having conversations in a room in a talent review or or other places your name is is coming to mind and coming up in those conversations take on new things try things and definitely build those relationships. Find a mentor, find a sponsor, find your allies, those that will help you get where you want to go.
0: And how do you find a mentor or a sponsor or an ally? Let's say right now, early career, I'm coming in, and I don't even know who to who to talk to. How do you do that?
1: Sure. Sure. Well, I would say this. Hope is not a strategy. So don't hope someone's going to come to you and say, guess what? I want to be your mentor. So take the initiative. You know, you don't have to have fear of commitment. If you just want to have somebody go to lunch with them, have a cup of coffee with them, start small, but don't be afraid to ask. And don't be afraid when the time is right to mentor somebody else and pay it forward as well.
0: And what about career mobility, moving around different jobs and not getting stagnant? What do you think about that?
1: I love the idea. I wish I had done more of that early on in my career. I kind of found a way to do it informally because I am a lifelong learner and always very curious. I wouldn't necessarily wait for something to come to me. I would go and say, hey, do you need an extra hand on that project? This is something I'd like to learn about. So I was able to not only get into learning and development, but I would go over to talent management, where performance management was being done, where succession planning and talent reviews were being done, then moved into talent acquisition, like places that just where I was curious about uh, or wanted to learn more. And everybody needs an extra set of hands, a doer, right? Somebody that's going to help them out. And so there were very few times I was ever turned down. And that helped me uh, tremendously. Now, I think we do it more in a, a more formal way. So when you are interviewing or when you are looking at an internship program, Ask them about rotational assignments. Ask them about internal career mobility. How are you moving people around? How would I be able to participate in that? And don't be afraid to try new things. Be open and don't be afraid to ask for it as well.
0: So as an employer, is there something you can do to be friendly for career mobility? Like with this new generation, instead of losing them, how do you move them around? Or are are you all thinking about that? Yeah,
1: it's actually one of the things that I feel like uh, Selenese does well. We talk about those things in talent reviews. We have career conversations, stay interviews, things of that nature. We are looking to, we have a very open mindset around moving people around and giving them different experiences. And, you know, lots of times, and I, I believe me, I've been there. We as managers or people leaders, we become talent hoarders. We like somebody, they do a great job. We don't want anybody else to know about them. And you've got to break away from that. You're doing yourself and the person a disservice by, by thinking that way. So finding ways for them to, to continue to contribute to the company is the best way to go. I'd rather do that than have really great talent, pick their stuff up and walk out the door.
0: Yeah. Okay. So now let's assume I'm on a team. How do I show my potential to my boss? I want them to recognize me as a high potential. Is there something I can do? What are the secrets there that get you promoted or success? Again, I think it's about connection.
1: It's building that working relationship, making sure that they know you, they know your wants, they, you know, know how you work. And then also, you know, delivering exceptional customer service, whether you have an internal customer or an external customer, making sure that you're building that brand, that you're being accountable, you're making yourself, it's that, you know, figure out how to be irreplaceable or irresistible. I say that all the time because those are the people that people want on their teams and want to work with. So you want to make sure that you're thinking in that in that, mindset. If you're not getting feedback on your performance, if you're not getting a career conversation, schedule one. Put it on the calendar with the person that is, you know, managing or leading you. Ask your manager if you could also speak to their manager. There are other ways that you can start having just kind of what I call informational interviews that just get you to meet people. But you also start to understand how the business works, where your career journey may lead you. Don't stop learning. Just Adopt that kind of lifelong learner mindset. Continue to professionally develop yourself. Whether someone's telling you, you have to do it or not, you need to own that. And I think those are the, you know, those are the the beginning steps. And I would say too, be very resourceful. I find that that's a really great uh, skill set to have. I love when people find different ways of getting the job done and, and get creative.
0: So show up, connect, engage, learn, be resourceful. Yes. Yeah. Great. Let me uh because you mentioned lifelong learning and I know you have a passion for learning and probably probably a lot of people that are listening are. And so at Udemy, we get we get billions of searches for what people are trying to learn. And we produce a skills report and it, it's pretty cool because it's it's probably based on as much data as you could possibly get about what people are trying to learn in the world. And then we match that up. We look at what other people say, like the World Economic Forum. And they said, these are the top five skills that'll be in demand in the future. And it's things like complex problem solving and creativity, critical thinking, emotional intelligence. But the thing that all of those things have in common is that you have to be curious and you have to have an open mind and you have to be willing to learn new things. And so that's really what I want to sort of close on is, do you think everyone has that willingness, the curiosity, the willingness to learn?
1: Yeah, I think it can be a learned trait. I think, you know, some of us, it's more innate than others, but can definitely be learned. I think that there are ways you can make learning a habit. And I think it's a marathon, not a sprint. Lots of times I see people maybe get a little too ambitious. You know, they're going to complete everything within two days and and then they're going to be all set. No, I think you definitely chip away at it um, over time. Find something that you know, you're passionate about, so that you'll stick with it. I used to have a term when I was in healthcare, we used to call it low dose, high frequency. And that was also a term that I applied to learning because it's little little chunks of learning over time where it becomes a habit and it starts to stick and you're just doing it routinely without even thinking about it. Find a great format that you want to to learn in as well. You know, if you like self-paced or you like to read or those types of things, great. There's lots of stuff out there. If you want to be in a group environment, start a learning club, start a book club, have an accountability partner. So, Lots of different ways to, to approach it, but I do feel like it's the cornerstone of continuing your career and growth and development along the way.
0: Well, then I have to ask, as we wrap up, we have a question we ask all of our guests. What are you curious about and learning now? Mm.
1: Emerging technologies, so very curious about how Metaverse and all of those different things are going to come into play, what it means for learning and development. So tr- trying to kind of uh, brush up on the technology. It changes so often and it's got yeah, very curious about that and and what I'll be able to see in in the span of my career and my lifetime.
0: Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast.
1: Thank you, Alan. I appreciate it.
0: Thanks again to Jennifer Barnes for joining me today on the podcast. Follow Leading Up, a podcast from Me Business, wherever you find your podcasts. We'll be back next Wednesday with another episode to help you level up your leadership skills. Follow the show so you never miss a new episode. And if you like the show, leave a rating or a review. We love the feedback and it really helps us to find new listeners. To learn more about Leading Up or how Udemy can help you develop leaders at scale and move business forward, visit business.udemy.com. The Leading Up podcast is produced by Udemy in partnership with Pod People. Special thanks to our production team, Alex McManus, Amy Machado, Brian Rivers, Michelle O'Brien, and Carter Wogan. Our original theme is by Soundboard.